1: Welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We have a specially pre-recorded program for you today. You won't be calling in, but we will give you all of the website information. We're talking about something really fun and challenging and, and everything. It's all about life. We're talking about dating. My guest is Jennifer Kelton, author of Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, The Stain-Free Guide for Dating and Mating in the 21st Century. We're talking about some of the myths about dating and how men and women can gain a better understanding of each other. Welcome, Jennifer.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Well, this is... Uh, tell me about the title of the book. I mean, that's really something. Don't use my sweater like a towel.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? A man actually did do that, and... Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I drove home with it stuck on me. I didn't know, and I went to go hang... My sweater up in the morning, and at that point, I was already writing the book. I was writing it real time, and I'd been knocking around different um, titles for the book. And I looked at the sweater, and I thought to myself, "Don't use my sweater like a towel." And basically, the title it ultimately is about respect. You know, it's about having respect for yourself. It's about having respect for others. It's about having respect for the planet. And I thought, you know, that 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 is the foundation um, for any good relationship, and that, that would just make a good title. Plus, it's, you know, a little provocative. So. It is. Well, yeah. now you spent a year on social research. Now, yeah. how did you do social research, Jennifer? What did you do? Well, what I did was I pretty much threw myself out there as a dating guinea pig, and I went on a lot of different dating websites, and I also dated men that were out of my character. Um, like For instance, I dated one guy... Basically like dating for perks, you know. I mean, I dated him for his car, right, which that is not what I would do. But I thought, well, you know what, people do do that. People date people because they have a nice house or they have a nice car or they have a certain amount of money in the bank. So I, I so I did a lot of that kind of stuff, things that were out of my character just to see like what it is to experience that. And then along the lines of that that was also interesting is that A lot of questions started arising for me um, about how we're hardwired and, you know, and our genetics and our DNA. And and so I did a lot of science and surveys um, about that stuff. How are we hardwired? You know, I think we're all hardwired to seek companionship. You know, we all want to feel safe. We all want to feel loved. And we We do things in that way, you know, to motivate ourselves towards that. You know, it's interesting with women because we have bonding chemicals like oxytocin, which is just one of them, which is major. So immediately if you start having physical contact with somebody, your your bonding chemicals are in overdrive and you can become addicted to somebody Mm -hmm. just based upon the fact that you are physical with them, even if they are really wrong for you. But that's just how we're hardwired, you know. It's part of our survival mechanism. So it's it's really interesting to start, you know, kind of looking at the, the, the little bits and pieces, you know, that put us together and make us tick and that are really out of our control, you know, especially the companionship thing. I mean, I, there's, I, there's very few people that don't want to seek companionship, mm-hmm. you know. So... Um,
1: what would you say was the number one lesson you learned in writing your book?
2: Um, you know, I think that it's important to not place your personal expectations on other people and that, 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 <laughs> that if you start doing that, you're setting yourself up for trouble. And I also um, really came down to, you know, at the end of the book, I come to this whole big, you know, revelation about myself, which was that, I was completely unavailable, and therefore I was also attracting unavailable men into my life. And so really being accountable for your own personal behavior and being willing to take a look at that stuff. You know,
1: there's a saying, birds of a feather flock together. Do you think we choose people more like us or more
2: different?
3: Mm,
2: I think we choose people more like us. You I think, again, it goes back to that companionship and wanting to feel safe and wanting to feel loved. I mean, I don't think, you know, you don't want to... Go. It's actually it's interesting. I'm, I'm back online doing the online dating thing and reading all the, the profiles, you know, there's certain keywords that I'll look at and I'll think to myself, ooh, you know what? That's not going to make me feel safe. And, and even though he may have emailed me or smiled at me or sent me an instant message, I already know, ooh, that's a big red flag. Can you give us some of those words? Um, well, there was one guy, he talked about uh, driving fast cars. <laughs> I don't want to be... I was in a car accident when I was 16, a really major one. I don't want to be in a car with a fast driver. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's more... It's, it's not so much of you know that there's particular words, but it's things about your lifestyle. I mean, if you know that you don't want to get into a fast car... Because you've had a traumatic experience in a car then you probably don't want to be going out with the fast car driver you know understand
1: what yeah. do you say are some of the biggest mistakes that both men and women make when entering the dating scene mm. particularly when they're following the end of a long-term
2: relationship like in divorce or in living together well I, you know i think that first of all if you're if you're getting back out there and you're dating after coming out of a long-term relationship um, or divorce or living with somebody, to probably not do the rebound thing. Um, I, I think that it's not very healthy. There's actually a guy recently who's been calling me quite a bit, and he's on a rebound. He just ended a relationship with a woman that he'd been with for quite a while. And honestly, I'm like, ooh, you're a sweet guy, and I'll hang out with you, but I don't want to be the rebound girl. So I think it's important... People when they're coming out of
3: um,
2: a relationship is to you know take a look at your own life you know and take a look at what's important to you and where you want to go and you know what what didn't work in that relationship. Yeah.
1: Don't you also think sometimes you'll choose somebody in a rebound situation that might be the opposite of what you had but still isn't right for you?
2: Yeah, oh, very much so. I think, and then that goes back to maybe because people know that they're not going to have to commit to that person, you know, that they uh, might immediately go into it thinking, ooh, you know what. Or, or for example, let's
1: say you're in a relationship with somebody who is very sloppy, and so on the rebound you find somebody very neat, or someone who never exercised and was overweight, and on the rebound you find somebody who's very athletic and very active. But then there are other issues that they have that don't work, but you go for those opposite things in the beginning on a rebound because that's the first thing
2: that you look at. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that, that definitely that you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I want something different." And then it also could be that you know, and I know this for myself as, as you know, working on my own commitment issues, is that you'll pick somebody that you know really isn't right for you because you know that your long-term commitment to them might not ever happen. That's interesting. You know. yeah. Or you might
1: do it subconsciously and not realize that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly.
1: Now, I have a question that I'm very interested in the answer to. I interviewed a woman by the name of Brenda Della Casa who wrote a book called Cinderella Was a Liar. And she interviewed over 200 men and asked them what they thought was the biggest mistake that women may make when they're dating. Do you have any idea what that is? I will tell I, go
2: ahead. Okay. Um, you know, I think, well, first of all, I know men don't like clingy girls. So uh, immediately, you know, I think that, that the, the, the men that I've talked to, they definitely want to have a woman who has her own gig, so to speak, going on. You know, that they don't want to be with somebody who completely just, you know, once they get involved with them, you know, stop seeing their friends and stops, you know, doing their favorite hobbies or um, and really dedicates too much time just to them. I've, I've heard that, and um, that's pretty much one of the more major things that I've heard. You know, well, I, I
1: think this might be a more an advanced level of that, but what she said that I was really surprised at in 2007 is that men feel that women sleep with them too quickly.
2: I you know what I just did a blog um, on that actually um, on my bad online dates site. I have a social network as well and I and I blog and I blog on topical stuff and I did a sex on the first date blog and uh, I did ask men and I will say that um, there was a socioeconomic factor thrown into that mix because I knew most of the men that I had talked with and there was definitely economics and education that went into um, how soon they want to sleep with somebody, which was interesting mm-hmm. for me to kind of see. You know, knowing where these different men were in their life. But I do agree with that. I mean, overall, I, I, as I've gotten older and you know wiser and have been around the block, you know, more than one time, um, I think that sleeping with somebody too soon is a mistake. I, I just, I, I think that if you want to have a long-term relationship with somebody, that you need to wait to do that. And the socioeconomic
1: factors mean more
2: um, the differences between the two people. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, the men who I knew who weren't, oh God, I hate to say this because it's such a, you know, I, I only talk to about um, 50 men, right? So it's a small group of people and it's, certainly doesn't cover the entire population of the world, so I'm, I'm hesitant to say it. But the men who who thought that it was okay to sleep with women sooner um, that I know generally weren't as educated or didn't have um, as fabulous, whatever that means, um, jobs as the, the guys who said they would rather wait. The men who, who said that they would rather wait um, Definitely made more money, and were were or maybe had
1: fuller lives.
2: Maybe I'm sorry. What was maybe that? Maybe had fuller lives. It could, it could be that too. It, it could be. be. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: again, these are speculations, things that we're talking about. This doesn't mean it's fact.
2: Exactly. It's just
1: kind of your observation of what you saw. Exactly. All right. I have a really interesting guest on today, folks. This is especially pre-recorded program for you, so you won't be calling in. My guest is Jennifer Kelton, the author of "Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel." She spent an entire year on a social research expedition, unraveling the mysteries of human nature and our genetic hardwiring. She really writes a book that documents her personal optimism while on a search for love, but a universal one. And what we're talking about is, you know, what is it? What are the facts around dating? And what did she see? And what can she report to us in terms of really, as she says, the stain-free guide for dating and mating in the 21st century. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 VoiceAmerica.com Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin, a specially pre-recorded program for you right here on VoiceAmerica.com. My guest today is Jennifer Kelton, author of Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel. Dane Free Guide for Dating and Mating in the 21st Century. And Jennifer spent a year of social research really unraveling the mysteries of human nature and our genetic hardwiring. Welcome back, Jennifer.
2: Hi. If people want to know more, where do they go on the web? They can go to uh, the book's website, which is towel. And there's also another website, dailydatingadvice.com, where I do give out dating advice. And and the last website is I just launched a social network, actually. It's a a dating website, and it's to turn um, bad dates into good dates, and it's called badonlinedates.com.
1: That's very helpful, badonlinedates.com. All right. What are some of the characteristics, Jennifer? of Mrs. or Ms. Wrong, Mr. or Ms. Wrong, that people should look out for when they're dating someone new?
2: Well, you know, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that, that I mean, I, you know, it's, we all know what we don't want, you know, and that even came about when I um, launched the, the social network, was that as we get older, we know what we don't want. I mean, sometimes more of what than what we do want. So right away if you're walking into a situation and, and somebody is you know a loud talking person who is incredibly insensitive to the waiter and you know that that's not something that you want you shouldn't be with that person um, I mean those are the obvious things you know that, that we can all say like oh that's a big red flag that person's a player that person's you know a heavy drinker that that person is reckless and you know, but I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff it really comes back to you have to look at what your own personal needs are. What is it that you want out of a relationship? What is it that, that is going to make you happier and um, not create a huge amount of stress in your life? And, and you know, unfortunately, I think that sometimes um, people are afraid to be alone and with being afraid to be alone that they'll just go, oh, well, I can get involved with this person and... I'll change them. But, you know, that's not necessarily going to happen. So you you got to really, you know, t- take the person at face value. And um, if the person doesn't seem right for you, you need to move on, I, I believe, rather than, than try to stay with somebody just because, what, you know. What do you say
1: to older folks in their 50s or early 60s, who've, you know, been in relationships, long-term relationships, long-term marriages, or divorced and want to find a mate.
2: Are the rules different at different age levels? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yes, definitely. And, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I um, wrote the book, I had just turned 40, and even when I went back online, I had gotten out of a, a long-term relationship, and when I went back online the age demographic of the men that were approaching me um, were much older than when I was 39, and there was just that one year that made a huge difference. Interestingly enough, I went to a a speed dating event last night, and it was um, men with shaved heads and women who loved them. And the reason why I went to this particular event was because there was no age boundary on it, where a lot of the... uh, dating events here in Los Angeles, it'll be women 25 to 35, and then men, it'll be like men 25 to 45. where And there's not a lot of um, stuff even for women my age, but with men, I think
3: um, if you're
2: older, you can date younger girls, but for a woman who... Is older. I think it, it's it's tougher, and um, it's unfortunate, but it is kind of real in terms of that. And again, you know, it goes back to you know, you look at the Donald Trumps of the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he he look at you know his beautiful wife and how much younger she is, and and unfortunately, I think that you know the guy who has the better job, who is fifty, might be able to get the arm candy, you know, girlfriend who's 25, whereas somebody who isn't in his social status might not have that ability, which is unfortunate. Don't you think there are
1: some men in their 50s and 60s that want women around their age? Not everybody that wants someone 20 or 25.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what? I have to tell you, I haven't in my experiences being out there, again, being a single woman. um, I just turned 42. Most of the men that are approaching me are in their 50s and 60s. I think is, is interesting um, where, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I do agree with you that they want What are
1: you hearing from women in their 50s and 60s? You know,
2: I have actually an older woman, and she, um, she, we, she does stuff with me. She helps me blog, and I get her opinion on things, and, and she's definitely been the voice of the older woman. She is very frustrated by the situation. She's a beautiful woman. She's incredibly intelligent. And it's really difficult for her, you know, in terms that she she still wants to be sexually active and she still wants to have the companionship and the love that, that she's finding it really hard because the men that are in her age demographic want to date younger women. And it could just be Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, because I'm only looking at it, you know, from here. I'm, I'm not in, you know, the different parts of the state or... or or the world to know, but I know that definitely here there is a bit of a problem with it. Going down to, you know, even me as a 42-year-old woman finding a speed dating event with men my own age. It it wasn't, it's not even. So you're um, saying age is really an issue? I don't know if it's an issue, um, but there is definitely something going on out there in terms of, of the imbalance of it. And and I don't know, again, I don't know how it is, say, in Colorado or in Utah, but I know here there there is an imbalance
3: with the age thing.
2: Let's talk about respect. That ties into this. Respect is a key
1: topic in your book. How has respect in dating changed over the years? Are we
2: less respectful of others than we used to be? Oh, my goodness, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I actually just... uh, Speaking of the blog again, I did a blog post last week, and it was called Dating, Love, and Technology. And I did a lot of research about how technology has changed dating. And you can go online, and you can, you can find, like, the breakup butler or um, the breakup B-word, and um, they, it'll give a voicemail number for you to give to somebody to call, to break up with somebody. You, if you have an STD, you can send somebody an STD e-card, right? I mean, all of, of this stuff, you know, you can break up with somebody with a text message or, you know, through a voicemail. And these are things that, you know, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, that it wasn't, these things weren't happening.
1: So the technology and, is good in some aspects, but it also can make it very impersonal. It allows you to be very impersonal.
2: Exactly. And I think and it, it goes back to, um, you know, being accountable for your behavior. You know, there was a girl who I interviewed for the blog, and she actually used to um, read all of her boyfriend's emails and because she, she knew the passcode. She had done some work for him on some other sites and things, and so he had the same passcode, and we were talking about it, and she was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, so many of my friends read their boyfriend's emails and, you know, go into their stuff. And, and you know, to me that's so shocking as, as far as the boundary of respect there and not realizing that that's somebody's you know, that's not for you to go into. And she it, it, when we ended the interview, she said, she goes, you know, I don't do it now with the guy who I'm seeing and I'm in a very healthy relationship. She said the other relationship was very unhealthy. Well, obviously...
1: All right, and on that note, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the upside of all of this. You know, what are the good things in terms of dating? My guest is Jennifer Kelton. She's the author of Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, the Stain-Free Guide for Dating and Mating in the 21st Century. She spent a year on doing uh, social research and really into the mysteries of human nature and genetic hardwiring. Although you won't be calling in, you can log on to her website, which is which is JenniferKelton.com and Don't Use My Sweater
2: Like a Towel.com. Correct, Jennifer? Um, actually, just Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel is, is the best
1: way to find me. .com? Yeah. Okay. All right. And again, this is a specially pre-recorded program for you. I want to wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving, which is coming up this week. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. There's more. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm.
4: Wine & Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women & Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women & Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women & Wine. Enjoying life, one sip at a time. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Trevera's David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Trevera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway.
1: Uh, You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We have a specially pre-recorded program for you the week of Thanksgiving, and my guest today is Jennifer Kelton, author of Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, the Stain-Free Guide for Dating and Mating in the 21st Century. And she spent a year really on a social research expedition, unraveling the mysteries of human nature and our genetic hardwiring. And she's telling us the real deal on men, women, and sex. And welcome back, Jennifer. Hi. Thank you. All right. You have a success story to tell us about a gentleman.
2: Oh, um, yeah, actually, you know, it, it was interesting. I have this, this other site, and I have daily dating advice, where I give out uh, free dating advice. And he had been emailing me that where he lived, um, he hadn't been able to find a date, and that he um, was just—he was pretty despondent about the whole situation. And to make a long story short we emailed back and forth quite a bit and I, I finally got him to realize that his situation was he needed to expand his wings you know that he had he had shut down fairly and that he needed to really open up and and to make his, his situation become available to him and I think that you know with dating you um, especially, you know, when you're out there and, and you're in the single world, it's like you have to stay hopeful and, and you have to realize that, that, yeah, maybe that one person isn't right for you, but there there's a million other situations that, that you can find yourself in to meet that right person. That you have to, I think that it's so important to really get out there. And, um, you yeah, know, so this particular gentleman, he's actually having a lot of really positive experiences just getting himself back out there, whereas he... He, for whatever reason, wasn't doing it, and now he is, and he's much happier, which is great. Um, so what you're talking about here is really your attitude as well. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I it, it's interesting because last night at, at the speed dating event that I was at, I went with a friend of mine, and she was so apprehensive, and she's like, no, no, and I kept saying, no, 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 it's going to be so much fun. We had such a good time, and I met... So many really lovely shaved head men. I actually have a date on Saturday. But I went into it with a really good attitude. I mean, I went into it without any, you know, preconceived notion or expectation. Other than that, I'm going to have a good time and, yeah. and
3: that, that
2: I'm going to, you know, take it as it comes, that regardless of what happens, it's going to be a good time.
1: You know, there's a uh, phrase I hear a lot I want you to comment on. I hear this from so many
2: people. You meet someone when you least expect it. You do. And I think that it's, I I say this a lot when people ask me, you know, well, how can I meet people? What, you know, where do I go? And I always say, you know what? It's a lot of, it's a lot of luck. You know, it's a lot of luck and I also say numbers because I think that you do need to get yourself out there to meet people and to also, without being like too like, oh, um, you have to let the universe know that, that you're looking and that, that you're open to it and that you're not shut down. And I, I'm a firm believer in the laws of attraction. And, you know, long before the secret came along, which I think is, is a wonderful thing that so many mm-hmm. people have, you know, are learning about this, But you have to um, get yourself out there. And so, yeah, you, you can meet somebody, you know, at the supermarket or you can meet them at, you know, wherever you go, for if you're a religious person in your religious gathering um, or at the gym or, you know, just sitting in traffic. You never know. But I think that so much of it is just the the luck and numbers thing definitely does play a part in it.
1: You know, how would you say that maybe having a bad date or a date that wasn't, you know, you didn't enjoy, how can that help you find somebody that you love?
2: Well, because you know what you don't want. (laughs) Um, I I think that, um, you know, it's interesting. My folks have been together for um, a little over 50 years now, and they were high school sweethearts and are still madly in love with one another. And my mom, when they were in high school, and he used to come knocking on the door every day, she didn't like him believe it or not. And she would hide in the shower and she wanted nothing to do with him. And he was persistent, persistent, persistent. She finally went out with him and and I'm here to tell the story today. But I think that, you know, that's a a different case of where, you know, she was young and um, she gave him a chance. So I think that also, even though you know what you don't want, I think you also need to be willing to, if it's something like, oh, I don't want to go out with somebody because they have, you know, an eye color I don't like or, oh, they're not tall enough or, I, I mean, I think you, those kinds of things I think that you, you need to not. Um, let, me, let, me, let me talk
1: about something you just mentioned, and that was the persistence factor. What do you think about that in today's world, about just being persistent? How do you know
2: when to be persistent and when to back off? Well, don't call somebody three times a day when you're first getting to know them. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, nobody likes to feel. Well, I, I shouldn't say nobody. I think most people don't like to feel you know smothered by somebody else. I mean, it, it, it's that it goes back to that whole thing of you know the chase, right? I think we all like to have a little bit of mystery and a little bit of a chase. I'm not, and I'm not saying to play games either. But I think that there's a balance of um, you know, if I go out with a guy and we have a great time, I would like for him to call me the next day and say, Hey, I had a great time, but if he were to call me ten times, I would be a little worried and think that maybe um, he is imbalanced. So I, I you know, it's different for everybody, but I think that most people know um, that what the boundary is there, you know, the healthy boundary of of what is and what isn't.
1: Jennifer, do you think that people should make lists, you know, real detailed lists of exactly what they want in a mate and what they don't want?
2: I think for the big stuff, it's okay to make a list. You know, if you know that you, you want to have somebody who is a compassionate, kind, generous person, then yes. Definitely. But again, if you go back to, oh, he has to have blue eyes and be, you know, 5'9", I mean, I think that that's getting a, a little nitpicky. I have a friend, actually, interesting story. She, um, she was on MySpace, and a big, long story, and she ended up meeting this guy, and they had both been on Match.com at the same time, and based upon the Match.com profiles, they would have, she wouldn't have gone out with him because of his height. And when they met through MySpace, and then they met at some event, and it was like a various, you know, turn of these situations that happened. She, anyhow, she's engaged to this guy now, right? And she's madly in love, and he's much shorter than the guys that she's ever gone out with. But he's her perfect match, you know, on every other level. But she almost, you know, discarded him. Or she actually, she overlooked him. Completely on Match.com, she said that that if she had seen his profile on Match, that she would have she would have never responded back to him.
1: Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, we're going to take a break.
1: We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Jennifer about about dating and some of the questions about you know how do you find true love, and and what is it like in today's world in the dating scene. So, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. My guest today is Jennifer Kelton. Her book is Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, the stain-free guide for dating and mating in the 21st century. We'll be right
3: back.
0: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk.
3: Young people, do you want a forum to discuss your ideas and thoughts about what matters most to you? Speak Up brings together diverse voices, cultures, and ideologies from college-age adults across the country. Host Gina Holland provides a different perspective on how current affairs impact future generations. Broadcasting live every Thursday, Speak Up with Gina urges young Americans to think, ask pertinent questions, and affect change. That's Speak Up with Gina, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America channel.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We have a specially pre-recorded show for you today, uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And you won't be calling in, but we will give you the website. We're talking about dating. My guest is Jennifer Kelton. She's the author of Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, the stain free guide for dating and mating in the twenty first century. You can go online at don't use my sweater like a towel com. Don't use my sweater like a towel com. All right, and Jennifer said in the first part of the interview that she went out with somebody who used her sweater like a towel and that was a great way to write this book. <laughs> so all right, Jennifer, welcome back.
2: Hi, thank let's, you.
1: Let's talk about um Finding true love.
2: Can you find true love? I think so, yes. And, I, you know, my mom always says there's a lid for every teapot out there. And, and I'm a believer in that also, you know. And it goes back to, you know, we were talking earlier about being hopeful. And I think that um, you never know, you know, when it's going to happen. You might meet that person when you're, you know, 17 at the school dance, or you might meet that person when you're 70, you know, so I, I think that, you, again, you have to stay hopeful, and I think that it can also come in, in a package that you might not have expected it to come in, yeah. you know, so to be open to, to it, and not, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about having, you know, people making lists and everything, and, and I was saying that to, to do Make a list that's incredibly detailed is, I think, detrimental, and it's and it's shutting yourself off for the potential of what might could be. You know, if you're saying like, no, I'm only going to be with this person because of this or that. Mm-hmm. So I'm a firm believer in true love, and um, I think also too there's a certain level of, for each of us, you know, we're brought different things in our lives, and when we're brought different lessons, and and that that maybe you need to learn certain lessons before that true love comes Mm -hmm. into your life. Let's talk about Internet dating. Ooh, Internet dating. (laughs) So I think it's a a fabulous way to to potentially meet people, but I also think that you have to be very careful, number one, and realize that people um, can be dishonest out there and that not put too much excitement in that person. Because I, I always say, you know what, you don't want to have your computer reject you. And I think that if you're putting a great deal of expectation, and if you're spending hours online reading through profiles, emailing him or her, and you're all excited about that person and you don't ever hear back from them, you're going to come home or you're going to go to your office or wherever you're, you know, using your computer, and if you don't get any response, all of a sudden your computer is now rejecting you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which is, and, and that's coming from people that you've never met. You don't know that it might not, you, it could be a completely different person that is posted there. So I think you've got to, you know, kind of take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Realize, again, it goes back to there's a certain amount of luck and numbers thing. I actually do mm-hmm. have friends. That have met people and have married um, both men and women from the internet and have incredible lives, and um, but they definitely went out with some, you know, people that weren't great. People, so I
1: want to ask you something about how we present ourselves in terms of, you know, perfumes and pheromones and dressing, and um, I guess my question is that. We certainly want to present ourselves in the best way possible, but don't you think we also want to present ourselves as who we really are underneath that? Because if not, aren't we sort of pretending in the beginning?
2: Yeah, I think it's important to be your authentic self. I mean, why, you know, again, you know, it's interesting with with the on, going a little bit back to the online dating, people will say, oh, I'm... You know, thirty, and they're really forty, and they're you know a hundred whatever pounds, and then they end, they show up, and they're you know fifty pounds mm-hmm. more than what
3: they've said, and
2: mm-hmm. and and what kind? That's not a good way to start a relationship. It goes back to you know the feelings of, that we want to feel safe in relationships. So you have to have that trust factor there, mm-hmm. and so to start something with um, basically is a lie, I don't think is a good way to start. So yeah, I think you need to show up and be authentic. Um, and I, you know, it's funny because when I went to this event last night, I had a really busy day and, and I, I put my hair up in a ponytail and my hair was kind of dirty and I said to my friend, I go, you know what, I go, well, if I'm going to meet a guy and if he's not going to like me because my hair is a little bit dirty and it's up in a ponytail, he's probably not the right guy for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I look nice. I mean, I was dressed, but I just didn't, I have very long hair, and it was just I didn't have time to wash it, and I didn't want to go there with wet hair and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's important to look nice when you go out on a date, but you don't want to go out and misrepresent yourself.
1: What are the most typical questions you get when people write to you?
3: The typical question, Um,
1: or maybe the most typical concern that somebody would have.
2: You know, uh, cheating is a big one that I'm seeing. A lot of people worried that that their significant other is having an affair. Um, I get a lot of of when is appropriate. Know, have to have sex and you know how far into the relationship, should you know the person or not know the person. Um, those are and then also you know, where to meet people. I get a lot of how how to meet people, where do you meet people and you know. So um,
1: Well and we talked about the sex part. You said not too soon, but again, you kind of kinda of have to feel that around yourself. <laughs> no pun intended, but you have to kind of just <laughs> get a sense of when that's right for you or it may not be right for you.
2: Yeah you know I have to say because I have again I've, you know, I've definitely done my share of one night stands and, you know, not, not my share but I mean I've had one night stands and you know I have, have slept with guys um, what I now can look back on and say yeah you know it was too soon and it definitely affected the way that the relationship unfolded mm-hmm. um, I I Again, I mean, I think that if you, this is just me, but I think, that I'm sounding a little puritanical about it, but I I think that it's it's better to wait, you know, and and I'm not saying you have to wait a year, but at at least, you know, a couple of dates, three days, I don't think that having sex on the first date is a good idea. Mm -hmm. I'm actually almost to the point now where I, for myself, if I'm interested in the guy, I'm not going to kiss him. And it's not a playing games thing, it's that I, I don't want to have my hormones get in the way of... Yeah,
1: I've had, that's very interesting, I've had
2: someone say to me that sex confuses the issue. Well, it does. Well, and for women, and again, if you're having sex too soon into a relationship because of the bonding chemicals, the oxytocin and the dopamine, I mean, you become an addict to that person. Yes you're mind... getting to know
1: them hmm?
2: without getting to know them as well as you could. Yeah, exactly. And, and so you might overlook something that is uh, not a good behavior and not something that is healthy for you to have in your life. And you're with them because your oxytocin is running rampant and telling you yeah. to be bonding with this person. All right, Jennifer, we have like just a couple minutes left. So
1: in closing, if people get one thing, out of really dating and mating in the 21st century. In your book, Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, what is your message?
2: You know, just be respectful. Be respectful to yourself and be respectful to others and be respectful to the planet. And I I think that it's a pretty safe road. You know, if you you start there, you're going to be okay. I have a saying in life, and it's that as long as you're genuine in your pursuit, you're fine. And I think that if you're if you're really genuine in that, and if you're being respectful, you're going to be okay, and, and you will draw the right people into your life, and um,
1: it, it'll happen,
2: you know, so that's, that's
1: pretty much it. All right. I thank you so much for being on the program today.
2: Okay. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you, and stay on the line. My guest today has been Jennifer Kelton. Her book is Don't Use My Sweater Like a Towel, The Stain-Free Guide for Dating and Mating in the 21st Century. Log on to Don't Use My Sweater Like a towel, dot com. Next week, my guest is Lou Marinoff, professor of philosophy and best-selling author of Plato, Not Prozac. He will discuss his new book, The Middle Way, Finding Happiness in a World of Extremes, which explores our go- our global village from the unique perspective of philosophical orbital space. So, folks, as I always say at the end of each program, I really believe in positive living. Stay healthy. Stay happy. No and get the support you need. And then know that you can make your dreams come true because you can. Keep your images positive. Until next time, for Positive Living, I'm Patricia Raskin.
0: listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalog.